0: Striving for mediocrity in a world of excellence. This is the Chase Report. Welcome back to the Chase Report. I'm one of the interns, Xander, and today we have a very special interview with Hugh Van Kylenberg. Hugh is the creator of the Resilience Project and the host of the Imperfects podcast and works around the nation to help deliver evidence-based tips for people to improve their mental health. Now, we realized for the last few weeks on the podcast, we were being quite blue and getting sad about politicians, getting sad about case numbers, getting sad about international politics, and getting sad about getting sad. So we thought we'd bring someone on the podcast who could help us deal with that, and hopefully, in the process, give you a few tips on how to not crash out every day during lockdown. So, now we are joined by Hugh Van Kylenberg, who is the founder of The Resilience Project and one of the two hosts of The Imperfects
2: podcast. Hugh, thank you for coming on the podcast. That's a pleasure. I'm a very, very big fan, so I'm very excited to be doing this one today. Thank you for having me. So, for people who aren't familiar with your work, what's
0: been happening for you recently?
2: Yeah, all very good questions. Um, <laughs> I, I am fascinated with... The topic of mental health and happiness the reason for that is that when my little sister was 14 years old she was diagnosed with a mental illness i was um three years older than her back then uh, well and, and i still am three years older than her. um and i and, and i um and i i remember coming back from the hospital it was an eating disorder i remember coming home from the hospital after her first night in hospital and i I saw dad crying and I reckon I'd only ever seen dad cry once before that. So I was 17 years old and I just had this very strong feeling of like, my family's not happy anymore. We're just not a happy family. It was an awful feeling. Um, and I, because we had been a very happy family up until that point. And I just had this strong, I just became very fascinated with the question is what is it that makes people happy? Cause I wanted, I really wanted Mum and dad and my brother to feel, I knew I couldn't help fix my sister. That was well beyond me, but I did want to know what it was that would make them happy. And I I guess from that age, I, became, I was really fascinated with that question and, and went into education. And um, it wasn't honestly till another probably uh, 11 years later, I found myself volunteering as a teacher up in the far north of India, up in the foothills of the Himalayas where I lived in a community of people, no running water, no electricity, they slept on the floor. And I remember thinking to myself, never in my life have I ever seen joy like this before. Like these people are the happiest people I've met and, and I sort of I ended up living with them for three and a half months, and um, and everything I learned from those people I kind of brought back here and started talking about. And at the first, at first, no one was in the slightest bit interested in what I had to say, <laughs> uh, which is fair, which is totally fair enough. And um, but slowly, it sort of gained momentum. It became quite big in schools, and then corporate programs, and elite sporting clubs, and and yeah, now it's a program that three hundred and fifty thousand kids around Australia and New Zealand you know, practice as part of their education and curriculum in school every day. So um, I can't remember what the other questions were. That's how it started.
1: (laughs) And and so what is it? Like just in, in, if you can do it in 15 to 20 seconds, what is the key to happiness?
2: (laughs) Yeah, well, what I saw those people do, which the research supports, it turns out, is they practice gratitude, empathy and mindfulness. So they stop and pay attention to the good stuff as it happens to them. And we're we're, we're shit at that in Australia. Like, we're surrounded mm. by so much good stuff, but we're not paying attention to us. These people were just—they had very little, but I tell you what, like every little thing they had, they—they they were properly appreciative of moments. You know, water, uh, sunrise, just little things. So there was gratitude, empathy. When you feel what someone else feels, and because of that, you kind of treat other people in a really kind way. Uh, They're—they're were, were extraordinary. They actually practiced it. Like they actually practiced kindness as part of their daily rituals and. And mindfulness was the third one. They they, they they did, at the time, I remember thinking, what a ridiculous waste of time, why are they doing this? But turns out meditation is quite a good thing to do. Um, and uh, so that's what they did every single day. And there's other things I did as well, but they're the three that really stood out to me. Um, yeah, and it, it's mindfulness things, because like, like, my therapist
1: always says to me, Charles, you really should just breathe, right? Like, yeah. yeah. If you just did the yeah. breathing exercises, <laughs> yeah. you know, a couple of times a day. I, I promise you, you would just feel a hundred times better, and and I and I go, oh yeah, yeah, I will, I will, and I never do it. Yeah, why? And it's like it's like four minutes of a day, and I, I never. Do. Why don't I ever do that? Like, why?
2: What's yes. what's the block? I don't I don't do it either because I, like, I get t- uh, you know, try this meditation, do this meditation, do breathing exercises, and for whatever reason, they, that that instruction does not resonate with me. I just can't mm. find time in my day to sit still and. do It's not my personality, but what I can do. What I have found is that walking a lap of the block once a day, which takes me 10 minutes, and all I do is think about what I can hear. So I'll go, I can hear birds, I can hear cars, I can hear trees. And my brain will go, I've got to send that email. I've got to do that podcast recording. And I start thinking about all the stuff that's happening tomorrow or the stuff that happened early in the day. And the mm. second I notice myself doing that, I go, no, no, what can I hear? For me, that more tactile, like getting up and moving around, and that just works for me. I think it's about finding whatever works for you. And when I say that, like, Mindfulness is just paying attention to what's happening as it's happening, mm. which also we're really shit at doing. Our thoughts are all over the place, so I guess um, when they say breathing exercises, I agree that helps. Like if you're spending time each day focusing on the breath, yeah, you're paying attention to what's happening as it's happening. But I, I don't. That doesn't work for me either. Like I don't. Yeah. I don't feel like doing that either.
1: Oh, that's that's great to hear. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody else sucks at that. But, but the thing that. The thing I really want to know is like what like it must be boom time for you you know with with all this lockdown stuff like everyone is miserable, aren't
2: they yeah it's it's funny i, I um I went on the I was on the project the other night and, and I actually said which I shouldn't have said it, but it just came out i just they asked me for my top like five bits of advice or whatever it was it was advice and I said, look, I'm not an expert and um I said, well that's kind of why we got you on. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but, but my point which i didn't articulate well because i was really nervous um was um we've never been through this before like we've never ever been so i hear all these like well-being gurus saying here are the top five tips to get through a lot to get through a pandemic I went, mate where, where where's yeah. your what, what experience are you engaging this from we've never been through this so
1: well, well, no, if, if you had a sort of 120-year-old wellness guru, they would have been through the Spanish
2: flu. True, fluid. true, so, in, which yeah. case, in which case <laughs> yeah. they, I would love to listen to them. But um, <laughs> i tell you what, I, um, it, it, has, it, it has been very busy. Um, when this first happened, I, it's been a very a huge 10 years in getting this program to where it's at and I was sort of – I was kind of – I was done, to be honest. I was so exhausted and burnt out and, and we'd worked out a strategy for me to sort of do a little bit less. And then this happened and all of a sudden I wasn't restricted by geography. Like it wasn't I can do one talk a day. It was I can come in here into the studio, put the camera on, I can do three or four a day. And then last year it was just insane. Like I I think for mostly I did about three one-hour presentations a day just to different sporting clubs or schools. or And it was just – it was insane, you know. And it, but I look back on them and I feel like a bit of a goose because I'm saying stuff like – you know, we'll get through this and next year we'll be stronger because we went through uncertainty and we went through discomfort but we'll be stronger this time next year. I don't think anyone's, <laughs> I don't think anyone's stronger right now. You know, I listen back yeah. to those things and go, God, what was I saying? And that's what makes me wary of people who claim to be experts of how you get through, a you know, a global pandemic from a mental health point of view. Obviously, there's the medical experts and they are experts and we've got to listen to them. But people who are trying to give advice on, you know, this is how you get, the, get through a lockdown. Well, we've never done it before. So... I think all you can do is talk about what you're doing yourself which helps and people can decide if that'll help for them or not. And a lot of the stuff that I might talk about may not work for some people, but it might be really helpful for others, I reckon.
0: So there's not a one size fits all solution and I'm sure that most people don't want to go dropping five hundred dollars on an online course that will magically make them happy and bouncing off the walls. So what is some tangible things that people can try right now in the home to
2: make their situation better? I love the way you've worded that. I really do. So um, the tangible things. Here's the biggest thing I've done, which has helped me. And <laughs> to say tangible, this may not even be tangible, but I, I, I found a lot of pressure last, I was under a lot of pressure last year to be good, like to be feeling okay. I felt under a lot of pressure to be, everyone's turning to me to what you do. And I'm like, you do this, but in, deep down I'm like, mate, you're a fraud because you're battling at the moment. You'll find this just as hard as anyone else. And But then I kind of realized that everyone's struggling and that's totally fine. But then I still found it quite difficult you know the lack of certainty and all this stuff i kept thinking about the stuff i wished i could do and it wasn't till honestly about three weeks ago where i finally and this is the thing that's helped me the most i finally realized that the pandemic is out of my control so i've just got to let it go i've just got to stop worrying about it and accept that it is what it is like the power we don't realize how powerful acceptance is as as human beings and and if, I, I have finally accepted that it is here and it's out of my control, and I have no idea how long we're going to be in lockdown for, and it's out of my control, and the moment I—and this is the thing—I've people have said to me for ages, "Oh, you've got to accept this, got to accept that," and I'm like, "Yeah, that's easy to say. How do you actually do it?" I don't know how I finally actually did it. I just was in the car, and it just hit me that I'm worrying about something I can't control, mm. and because I'm never going to be able to control it, that means my worry is never going to go away here
0: have you stopped looking at case numbers and trying to, you know, dodge press conferences each day? Or are you still very much involved within the media cycle?
2: Yes, yeah, but it doesn't, it, I mean, it doesn't, have, and the, here's the amazing thing, it hasn't, yeah, there's only three weeks. So, you know, by the time, you know, in a week's time, maybe I'll be saying, no, nope, I'm back to where I was. But for the last three weeks, I mean, Melbourne, where I, where I live, went through, we had a bad day on Saturday where just the case numbers spiked and we realized we're gonna this yes. for a long time. And my wife said to me when we we're watching the news she said are you okay and i said yeah amazingly i'm totally fine like it hasn't this has not impacted me at all because i've accepted that it's out of my control i do have to say though that i'm someone who hasn't lost his job i yeah. I, I haven't lost someone i love um uh, no one i know is really impacted by the illness at the moment so i, I think it is a bit easier if, I, I understand it's easier for me to accept it i guess than, than other people but than than some people, but but that's the that's the main thing that has helped me to drop. I just I don't feel anxious about it. I don't feel. I feel I have moments of sadness, definitely, when I think about the world my kids are growing up in. But I, the second I realise I'm worrying something about something I can't control, I just let it go, um, and that's been really powerful. So so that's one that's not overly tangible, I don't think. Yeah. But but here are some tangible things that I know people are doing that really helps. One of the things that's happened with this, with COVID, is that um, we don't. One of the big parts of being well and being happy is optimism and hope. They're common characteristics of people who are happy. They're they're optimistic people. What's happened with this pandemic is we've had optimism, optimism and hope stripped from our lives. You know, we used to schedule little things in our lives, like going to the pub for a beer at night with your friends. It helps you get through a bit of a rough day, or Going to the movies on the weekend with a friend—that's like it'll get you through the week. Looking forward to that, or going to footy, or going to live music, whatever it is, we schedule things to look forward to. It's all gone. Yeah. Um, what I think we need to do is actually try and write down a list of things that you are looking forward to that, that that you know will definitely happen. And granted, they are nowhere near as exciting as they used to be, but I do think they are the things that we were meant to be excited about in the first place. I'll give you an example for me. Right now in Melbourne, I'm excited. I'm looking forward to the weather improving. <laughs> like it's August, it's shit in Melbourne. It's cold and it's just, but we're about to reach spring, and I love, I love the warm weather. I just love it, and yeah. and we're not far off the weather turning. And with that, I, I love the smells and the sounds of spring. I, I always have. I don't know why it's a nostalgic thing, but I've written down. I'm looking forward to spring. That will definitely happen. It will def- Spring will definitely come around. The war- weather will definitely get warmer. I'm looking forward to that. Um there are certain, there are other things I've listed that will definitely happen. I think too many of us are spending our time thinking about the stuff that actually can't happen right now. Too many mm-hmm. of us are thinking I was meant to be doing this right now, I was meant to be doing here, this, and, and that that's a bit of a trap at the moment. It's healthier to think about things you can do.
1: The thing that we have been doing at my house because I've got two kids. Yeah. Is um we we make sure that our weekends and our weekdays are very different. Like yes. We, so that, so there's a real shape to yeah, yeah. the thing. And one of the things, because we used to love going to the movies, especially on Saturday afternoons, right? And we obviously can't do that. So instead, what we do is we set up the couches and and make popcorn and all nice. that sort of stuff. And then and then my ten year old even the other day uh, designed these tickets. To, to, so that we all had to have and we printed out the tickets and he, he insisted on not printing enough tickets and so he said, Dad, you're the forgerer. You've got to forge your ticket and try and get through <laughs> <laughs> so I did, forged a ticket and then he was the ticket person and so and he was convinced by my forgery. He went, oh yeah. <laughs> and he went, wasn't it amazing you got in? I was like, you
2: did it! I, like I, <laughs> but, I, I, I really then, love that.
1: But the other one, thing was that we we always make sure that we we walk all the way to the cinema, so we leave our house by our back door, walk around the block, <laughs> and then come in through the front door and go, oh wow, we're at the cinema now, and and it's it's such a simple and stupid thing to do in one way, but it makes it an occasion. Yeah, like totally. it just It it just makes it different. Yeah, to totally. Just turning on the TV. Yeah,
2: I love that. But that's a that's a very authentic and kind of um yeah, it's a very real moment, like to share with your family. I, I, I think that's great. And 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 that's the kind of stuff, you know, you're writing down what am I looking forward to? It's definitely gonna happen. I'm definitely gonna have movie day with with my family on Saturday. That's gonna happen. So they're the kind of things I think we should be focusing on. And and that comes back to gratitude. The other way to practice gratitude before you go to bed at night is to write down Three things that went well for you during the day, and granted, they're not as exciting as they were a year ago. <laughs> you know, I, I got up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. totally. <laughs> yeah, totally. Uh, it's stuff like I don't know. I had a nice coffee this morning. I mean, my brother said to me the other day, and he's someone who he says it's taken him way too long to learn gratitude, but he said my son the other day realized not, noticed the moon for the first time in his life. He's just he's one years old, one year old, and he was saying moon and he was fascinated by it and Josh said that was a real, that was a real special moment. Like that was a that was and I realized I was so grateful for that moment. He said, I reckon if it wasn't for COVID, I probably wouldn't have really I would have gone, yeah, good stuff. Um, we're about to go to the pub or He said, But I'm I'm really focusing on, he said, I've, I've really narrowed my vision and I'm just focusing on the stuff that's happening just around me. He said, the smell of my coffee this morning blew me away. He said it was unbelievable. And I thought, how lucky am I to be having this coffee right now? So um for many of us, it's it's perhaps an opportunity to learn a lesson that we probably should have learned a long time ago, which is we're surrounded by so many incredible things every day and we've got to pay attention to them. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just
0: about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices
1: With other people, like, Yeah. because it, it's it's such an isolating yeah. thing, and, and we get so
2: much of our happiness from social moments. Yeah, totally. Well, it's I mean, this is it's funny you say that. I, I was just thinking today to myself: there's a um, where our studio is in Collingwood, where there's a sushi place and a cafe where I get my lunch and my coffee every single day, and I've actually got to know the barista and the the guy who makes the sushi quite well, because. For as far, I, most times when I turn up, but I think, well, this apart from my family, this might be the only face-to-face conversation I have. So I'm not sitting there in the queue on my phone, checking my email saying, hi, hey, yeah, hey, mate, how are you going? Um, what's happening on my email or whatever? Like I'm properly engaging. And I feel like any opportunity you've got to connect with someone, you've got to grab onto. But here's the other thing I'd say, be selective at, at the moment. I think um, we know those people that are really positive and upbeat around the world, uh, about the world, despite how hard it is. They're the ones you should be having your conversations with at the moment. I, I take on, so often I take on the mood of the person I've just been speaking to. One it of the is. one of the baristas is so negative and he's so down about the world, which is fair enough. I think everyone is. The other barista is like just so positive about everything. And when I speak to her, that's how I am kind of for the next couple of hours. It sort of has a bit of a flow-on effect. I was going to say it's infectious, but it's not the wrong word to use at the moment. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I think I mean, connection is what we're put on the earth to do, which is why essentially we're being... Challenge so much at the moment. That's what we're on the earth to do. The connection is, is um, I, I think when you look at people's mental health, it's so often the issue or the um, disconnection can be at the at the, at the real um, can be the source of unhappiness. But connection is the answer to, to joy, and that's why we're having a lot of problems right now because we're disconnected at a time when we when we know that connection is everything. So um, yeah, it, it's really hard. It, it's really really hard. And and what I mean, a lot of my friends
1: have found solace in large quantities of alcohol. I mean you like it's sort of it's one of those things where you know like it's sort of it does work and then it doesn't work and it's horrible. And but i I think a lot of people are feeling very guilty about that, but also have sort of just recklessly thrown themselves into it. Like
2: uh, yeah, well, what we know alcohol will do is it, it will it will exaggerate the emotion that you are having at the time, the mood you're having. Um, eventually, that's what it will do. So, it may not for the first couple of beers or the first glasses, first couple couple of glasses of red wine, but then when you have a couple more, it will exaggerate whatever you're feeling. So, if you are feeling anxious about the world right now, it's going to exaggerate and blow that feeling up. Um, and then I know some people. A mate of mine was telling me that he he I I was talking to him about that, and he said, yeah. He said, What happens is I feel really great after a couple of drinks, and then the anxiety picks up around the world. I get a bit panicky, and then I drink heaps, and then I'm just like, I'm just like, I'd pass out basically. And then it's just gone. I said, What what about the next morning, though, when you wake up? He said, Oh, I'm a mess. I am a mess for the next, until the alcohol's out of my system, I'm a mess. I said, Well, Mm -hmm. that's what I mean, mate. It's exaggerating your mood the next day. Like, you're, you're a lot more down about the world the next day while the alcohol's in your system. So I totally understand. People turning to alcohol because it, it's just a little bit of an escape, and but I think the second you catch yourself saying to feel a little bit, um, like bring up a negative emotion, I think you need to abort mission pretty pretty quickly. Easier said than done. Um, yeah, not much said easier, than easier said than done. Um. So, but I I mean for me personally, it hasn't happened to me at all, and I, I I love having a beer as much as anyone, but it hasn't happened to me at all because my daughter wakes up at um. Four forty-five every single morning, ah. and I, I can't, There's nothing worse than a hangover yeah, when you're up nah. four forty-five in the morning, changing a nappy. So, yeah. I just like because of you're a lucky man. <laughs> yeah. So because of that, <laughs> I, I just I know the pain the next day is. There's no way it's going um, to be equate to to being worth it. So I've been lucky mm. in that way. But um, yeah, I think we all know it's long term. It's not helpful. But I do think we need to forgive ourselves for being imperfect at this very imperfect time in the world.
0: Okay, Hugh, thank you so much for coming on. But before you go, do you have any last-minute tips for people or any courses that aren't total nonsense or maybe books that people could read in their journey going forward to make sure that they're not completely in the dump for the rest of lockdown?
2: So I think the most important thing is, is to talk, is to talk about what you're feeling. I think a lot of people are... The tide might be changing, but I think people are just saying to surrender now. But for a long time, I think people were saying, I'm all right, I'm getting through this. I'll be fine. This is tough, but we'll be right. Um, But I think deep down, a lot of us were were sort of crumbling under the pressure and the weight of this. Um, Talking to letting people in, letting people know how you're going is really important. So whether that's a loved one and whether that's someone you know will be there for you when when you're battling, but it might be you need professional help. And Charles, you mentioned a a therapist before. Um, Mm -hmm. there's, There's no one better than a good counselor or a good psychologist or a good social worker or a good therapist to, to help you work through all this stuff. The reason I'm reluctant to say it at the moment is I just know that there's huge waiting lists at the moment. Like there's just mm-hmm. like, it's, it's like a nightclub policy one in one out and no one's leaving the nightclub at the, no one's leaving the, nightclub at the moment. <laughs> um, so it's, um, so I, am worried that, but here's some, uh, just some other resources you might want to, um, I think if you've never tried, we were just mentioning meditation before, if you've never tried meditation, it might be a good time to get stuck into a course. There's a really good one by Dr. Sam Harris, the neuroscientist at the moment called Waking Up. Is it Waking Up? Yeah, Waking Up with Sam Harris. It costs $130 and so you think that's re- that's a very expensive app. Think of it like a course, not an app. It, it talks you through. Um, I mean, what practicing meditation does is it, is it silences your ego and your ego is the... Our egos want us to to be in control of everything and want us to have the answers to everything, and so it's it's quite a useful thing to 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 quieten your ego at a time like this. Um, so I'd recommend that app um, if you're into um, podcasts. Um, well, there's the Imperfects podcast, myself, and Ryan <laughs> which, is, uh, which is a yeah. good one, but. Um, yeah.
1: I'll tell you another good one um, is the Chaser Report oh, podcast. I've heard um, great, yeah. yeah.
2: I mean, they're they're yeah. probably my two favourites, so that's probably all you need to worry about <laughs> <laughs> <your> there. <podcasts>. Um, <laughs> as far as as far as books are concerned, um, I have just reread a couple of books which I really love, um, both by Breno Brown. Um, mm. The Gift of Imperfection um, is one of them. The Gift of Imperfection um, is great at a time like. Like It's just wonderful book for a time like this because it, it, it's all about embracing your imperfections and your struggles and your anxieties and your insecurities. And I think for a lot of us, this has brought up all our insecurities and our, all this kind of stuff. And it, it, understanding that it's good for you to embrace your struggle and, and to, to own your story, all that kind of stuff, I think is very good at a time like that. So, in fact, rather than giving you all the books, I'd probably say just start with the gift of imperfection. It's been around for a while, but it's a beauty. Um, I'd strongly recommend that. Um, On our website, we've got um, for parents on our website, theresilienceproject.com.au. It's a free resource. It's just called TRP at Home. And there are literally thousands of um, resources, ideas, activities for you to do by yourself but also to do with your kids to help them practice gratitude, empathy, mindfulness at home. We have a 15-minute lesson from one of our staff members who used to be an assistant principal. When you see him in action, you will question how on earth he ended up being an assistant principal. But... Um, he does 15 minutes it's called Gem TV and uh, he goes live every day and does a TV show for kids in primary schools to help them practice this stuff and give the parents a bit of time out um, away from their kids and homeschooling so TRP at home the Resilience Project might be a helpful um, resource as well
0: Cool well thank you so much you for coming on the program it's been fascinating to get an insight into your perspective and ways that people can actually
2: actionably make change right now I I really appreciate that. Thanks for having me. And and, um, yeah, I'm glad you didn't ask me for any advice on how to make Zoom work properly. (laughs) I'm not your man. (laughs) Thanks, you Pleasure, guys. Thanks. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.
0: Thank you, everyone, for tuning in again. Sorry about my late-night announcing. We'll be back with a normal episode on Monday with Dom and Charles back in the hot seat Thank you so much for listening. Our gear is provided by Rode Microphones and we are part of the ACAST Creator Network. See you next week.